Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Let's go to LAX via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Katie Wu from The Athletic had a fantastic first season covering the Cardinals, and we appreciated her hard work, and we appreciate her joining us this morning on Character Smallman and Danny Mac. Katie, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, Randy. How are you? You know, I'm, uh, you know, meandering through the airport trying to remember what day it is, but, you know, all things considered, <laughs> it's fine. Well, Katie, I feel like anytime we talk to you, you're on low sleep. You're such a gamer with these quick turnarounds, but let's just jump right to the question that everyone's talking about today. What did you make of Mike Schultz's decision to go with Alex Reyes in the ninth? You know, I think there's certainly a lot of, it's a lot to unpack there, right? Because ultimately that is the decision that decided the game. However, I'm not sure how much you can put on Reyes in that situation when your offense goes 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. I thought Tommy Edmond had a fantastic game. I thought he did everything right. Paul Goldschmidt, you know, got on base, did his part, and then the lineup was virtually non-existent from 3 through 9. Um, that, that, bodes, that does not bode well for any pitcher in any circumstance. Um, now, if you look at the Reyes decision, a lot went into that. This is Mike Schill and Dave Roberts played the matchups all game long, as you should in a wild card game. You know, there were there was a lot that played into why Reyes in that situation. And the biggest question I get was, why did they have Jack Flaherty on the roster if they weren't going to use them? It's pretty clear that Jack was only coming in in a clean inning situation. So when you have T.J. McFarland go in and he gets the two guys and walks Bellinger, you look for Reyes because. Chris Taylor doesn't have a lot of success against right-handers, especially against sliders. Alex Reyes does have that wipeout slider that we've seen him had success before, but it still just felt like something all too familiar seeing Alex come in in a high-leverage game, and it almost felt like scripted that he knew it was going to happen. So when Mike Schultz explained it, it was more or less playing the matchups. And look, when, you're, when you need just one out, why burn Dakota Hudson? Jack Flaherty is not coming in in, a, in the middle of an inning. That's just not something that they're going to do for a pitcher that is normally a starter, that you know needs a lot of time to warm up. These aren't guys, Dakota and Jack aren't, aren't guys like normal relievers where you could say, hey, look, you get 10 pitches to warm up and you're coming in. Those are guys that are starters, that are, the Cardinals have really kind of prioritized their future. So they weren't going to be put in a situation like that. That situation eventually comes down if you're going to play the matchups and play the splits. Dakota, Whitley, or Alex Reyes. Mike Schultz elected for the slider against Taylor, which Taylor has had trouble hitting all year long. Hung one pitch, and that was the ball game. And, Katie, you are so right about us remembering the last thing we saw because with all the credit that deservedly Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Arenado got during the 17-game winning streak and during September, when those two guys, your number three and four hitters, go 0 for 3 and 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position, you shouldn't have to count on your bullpen in a game like that when your big guys have so many opportunities to get a run across the plate. Absolutely, I agree, and I think uh, the the biggest of that, and all of them are important, obviously, when it comes down to at the bottom of the ninth with two outs. But the biggest thing for me was Nolan Arnado had a ton of pitches he could have, you know, done something with against Blake trying in there in those middle innings, and he almost had one. He he popped up a hanger, and he knew that was his pitch that he had missed. Um, it was almost kind of indicative of the kind of baseball that we saw early in the season, right? I mean, the bullpen, I thought, up until the very last pitch was really good. Adam Wainwright did his part, getting five outs from Luis Garcia. You know, he hasn't done that in months. Um, 
Giovanni Gallegos putting him in the eighth to face the two, three, four hitters and Fear, Trey Turner and Justin Turner. You know, those are all well-executed moves by Mike Schilt and well-executed performances by those pitchers, especially, you know, counteracting the deep bench that the Dodgers had. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what move you make. I mean, you could go out there and put Matt Carpenter on the mound. If you can't get any runners to score, if you cannot contribute and cash in with runners in scoring position, it's especially against a team like the Dodgers that sets you up for what happened in the bottom of the ninth. Katie, when you spin this forward and you look at this Cardinals team, how do you think they're positioned for 2022? And what's a move that you think is at the top of John Mosellock's to-do list? You know, I, I feel like Cardinals fans don't want to hear me say this because the loss still stings, and I get it. But I think they're really poised for 2022. They have young, controllable talent. They locked up their biggest the biggest thing they needed to do before the end of the season. They already did. They lost up Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Their, their heart and soul is coming back. That will pay dividends in kind of forming the, the motivation and the chip on your shoulder that comes from a loss like this, especially with the core coming back. Nolan Arnato said, you know, I'm not opting out. I want to be in St. Louis. Uh, the entire outfield under team control for the next two years, an outfield that does look very, very promising. They should be healthy. You know, they don't really think that any injuries are going to um, kind of affect Jack, Dakota, or Miles Michaelis next year, as we saw so much this year. So to me, you know, I think they're poised really well to unseat the Brewers in the division next year, also with their top two prospects in Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor probably poised to come up in 2022 early that bodes well now i think the biggest question they have is is the shortstop right i mean edmundo sosa and paul Young made an okay tandem but when you look at the free agency market it, it wouldn't surprise me to see the cardinals be very engaged in that katie one more quick thing and nobody gives us in the media better material than adam wainwright what was your big takeaway yeah. from his post game last night you know i thought it was perfectly fitting how Adam handled it. I mean, he's handled so much controversy and adversity today, and I thought what he said about Alex Reyes was so important. How, you know, he reflected on the adversity Alex has gone through in his career. You know, when you think about what Alex has had to rebound from, his long injuries, the setbacks, and just the, the story that he's had, for Adam to go up on the podium and, and say, you know, very dejectedly admit, you know, I really thought we had a team that was going to win the World Series, and then put that disappointment aside and credit Reyes for what they've done and make sure that the, that the narrative was known outside that, you know, there was no resentment towards Reyes. They still believe in him. They were really appreciative of what he did in the first half, and sometimes that's just baseball. I think Adam Wainwright obviously will be pivotal in 2022, and they have the right guy, the Cardinals did, to start that game, and they had the right guy speaking on behalf of the team to end that game. Katie, I think the biggest compliment that we can give you from this show is that we use something from you virtually every day during the season. Your work at The Athletic was fantastic. We really do. And by the way, we, we credit you for it. But we, we do appreciate okay, <laughs> appreciate your, your hard work and joining us on the station, too. You guys do some fantastic work. I really enjoyed the Cardinals banter this year. Um, I'll, I'm going to take a couple of days off, but I'm sure we'll get right back to it soon. Absolutely. Have a safe flight, safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Katie. Katie Wu from The Athletic. And if you haven't gotten your athletic subscription yet, you're late. But she's doing fantastic work covering the Cardinals, obviously. Jeremy Rutherford covering the Blues. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. And Katie has a great piece up right now about the game last night. If you feel emotionally ready to unpack it, <laughs> I suggest you read it. It's excellent. Hey, you can join Michelle on Friday. That would be 
tomorrow. Correct. From 5 to 7 at Copper Fire in Belleville. Come out before the hockey game. Enjoy 16 drought taps, all served ice cold. Specialty slushies, including the new Gloria cocktail slushie. It's all happening tomorrow from 5 to 7 with Michelle at Copper Fire in Belleville. Get more details at 101ESPN.com. Next up, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.